Good morning, and welcome to Obreeders Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, April 15, 2015. Today we are reading from the big book, Chapter 5, and we are at page 70, Paragraph 3. Today's readers are Karen M., Deborah S., and Julie R. The reference number for Tuesday, April 14, is 7474. That's 7474. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Rachel and M to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Rachel and M, my thankful recovered compulsive overeater and anorexic. The 12 steps. We admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Number six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying for knowledge, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other compulsive overeaters, and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Rachel. I will now ask Nancy F. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. This is Nancy S. from Wisconsin, a grateful recovering compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. 
Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do this service, and I pass. Thank you, Nancy. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for sharing for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 70, paragraph 8. I will ask Karen M. to begin reading. Yes, good morning, Katie, and good morning, meeting. This is Karen M. If we have been thorough about our personal inventory, we have written down a lot. We have listed and analyzed our resentments. We have begun to comprehend their futility and their fatality. We have commenced to see their terrible destructiveness. We have begun to learn tolerance, patience, and goodwill toward all men, even our enemies, for we look on them as sick people. We have listed the people we have hurt by our conduct, and we are willing to straighten out the past if we can. Um, And what I'd like to share on is what I use the principle that comes out of this inventory is we look for patterns and not events because so many times I had this backwards I would think that something I did as a pattern which means a reoccurring occurrence reoccurring incident was an incident 
when it really was a pattern in my life. And then I would also think that when people offended me, occasionally it was a pattern when really it was an event, which is an episode, an incident, or a, a single event. And so this would really save me a lot of grief because I would want to quickly tell somebody something and and as I saw, I didn't need to do anything about events. I needed to sit with them and begin to learn tolerance, patience, goodwill. It says begin to learn it. doesn't mean I know it already. So when there's a pattern, then I can address it. But I just need to see it in black and white that um, if I'm easily offended, I can, I can begin to learn to have a thicker skin by sitting with um, these kinds of episodes. Um, so grateful to be in this process. And that's it, and I'll pass. Thank you, Karen. <clears throat> Who would like to share on this paragraph? Charles H. Okay, Charles H. Anyone else? Okay, go ahead, Charles. Good morning. Thank you for your service. It's Charles H. Good morning to all the visionaries. Uh, my name is Charles H. We're we'll covered visionary just for today. Um, I just want to sit on this, put my weight on this uh, sentence here for a second. Um, we, have, we have written a lot uh, at this point. You know, wow, let me just gather myself for a second. You know, just reflecting back, uh, you know, on the many times that I've done a fourth step, you know, if I could really, really identify in, I, I wrote down too much. I wrote down too much in in in, in, in um past because you know what, like, I need to deal with what's going on currently right now, um, because, you know, and, and I don't need I don't need man to tell me yo at a boy that a boy. Yeah, I just want a spiritual attaboy from my higher power. I want to ensure that he is he is pleased with what I'm doing in the present, right? And, you know, the resentments, I wave them away ahead of time. My fears, I, I pray to my God for courage. And my sex ideals, and my sex conduct, uh, I, just, I just follow through with my God's will. And I wrote down too much. I wrote down too much stuff that wasn't even relevant, right? So, you know what? Like, if I click, like, like for example, um, you know, thank God I got the be- I got the best of both worlds, right? Like, for certain places when I I go for spirituality, they don't like certain things, and it's all right. I don't have to go back at them because I've been transformed in my mind. See, like back in the days before I wrote down. Before I was willing to write down some things, you know, I had no peace of mind, and I was out of my mind, and I wanted to give people a peace of mind. But just for today, I got a peace of mind, right? Like if I'm in my, if I'm in your head, I'm out of my mind. So with that, you know, I just want to think about my God and pleasing my God and getting a spiritual attaboy. That son, you know, I think you're doing better. And with that, I'm gonna pass. Thanks for allowing me to share. Thank you, Charles H. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? This is Bella. Can I share? Santa H. Okay, Bella, Santa H. Anyone else? 
Okay, go ahead, Bella. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella G, and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Katie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line, even our enemies, for we look on them as sick people. Wow. Yes, it's so true. Before program, my life was a war. In life, there is a winner or a loser. And I wanted to be a winner, and a winner against who? Against my enemies. If somebody wasn't nice to me, if somebody talked to me not nice, if somebody hurt me, oh, he is my enemy. Because I was driven by my power. I have a power. I wanted people should think and behave and be exactly like me. So I can say that the whole world was my enemy. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Now I am connected to a loving power, to an accepting power. I am not, I am not going after my ego. So today I really do not have enemies because I believe that everything, everybody, every sentence that I hear, it's a message from, from God for me. What I have to fix in my way. Today, I, I don't take responsibility. I am not responsible for other people's behavior, for other people's inventory. Today, I know that if somebody says to me something not nice or really helps me, he is a sick man. He has so many character defects that he is not even aware of them. Today, I don't have enemies. Today, I am connected to a loving power. Today, I don't have to prove my existence. I don't have to be a people pleaser. Today, my life is not a war. Today, yes, like I am doing mistakes, people are doing mistakes too. And poor people that they are not aware and they think, they are perfect. So today, thank you, God. Thank you, God. I don't have enemies. Yes, there are sick people, but they are not my enemies. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Okay, thank you so much, Bella. Uh, Santa H., your turn. Good morning. This is Santa H., a grateful recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey, and thank you, Katie, for your service. Um, I I want to just um, give a word of encouragement to those who are going through this process and focus on the words, analyze our resentments. Um, Just focus on the word resentment first, that that means to refill. So that means as we're going through this process, we focus on the now. We focus on today. We focus on the present. What am I refeeling? That's what the resentments are all about. And I also want to focus on the word analyze. Is to be mindful as we're going through this process not to put on front of, in front of that word over, overanalyze. I have found from my experiences that when we overanalyze the process, we're getting into self. And the intuitive Self-direction of our higher power cannot take over. Um, it's important as we go into this process to stay in a state of peace so that your higher power can come in and really guide you and direct you, and that keeps us out of our personal ego. 
Um, step three, going back to step three, step three talks about getting out of self, that we turn our will to our higher power and that he is in charge now. So it's important that we don't overanalyze this process, that we stay in the moment, and that we focus on um, just relax and realizing that we do have a step 10. This is step four, and thank God for step 10, that whatever we don't get in the fourth step, we got the step 10 to clean it up. And I just wanted to share that to those who are going through this process, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Santa. Who else would like to share? Melanie? Melanie? Jenny. Asa? Jenny S. Okay, Melanie, Jenny S, and Vasa O. Melanie C, go ahead. Hi, good morning, Katie. Uh, Good morning, everyone. My name is Melanie. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater calling in from Oregon. And I have um, read through this a couple of different times, and it says something new to me each each time. And I wanted to take just a moment to kind of go along the line of how I've changed in this idea about this particular paragraph. Um, It's telling me that um, I have written a personal inventory and I've written down a lot and that's something to consider and that I have listed my resentments and I want to go about finding out which the word analyze to me means the essential elements of each of these things that I've learned about, um, about my resentments and what it's done to me and how it has um, brought about a behavior in me whatever it would be, obviously very destructive in my particular case. But I want to find out and discover the core elements of that particular thing so that I would understand myself more, where it came from, how it started, where it continues to this day, and um, and really recognize how useless that was and how much time I had spent with that. And so there is some time of analyzing it. And in a, as we've learned in here, in a very mathematical you know, um, a chronological fashion as opposed to emotional or, or remorseful kind of fashion. But I like to zero in mostly in on the words begun. I think that's the part that as I continue to read this, I have begun. Because I had this idea that once this is all finished, at least the giving away of the step five, I would know so much that I would never do these things again. And to begin is is the first earliest part, Melanie, of seeing something and and embarking on that journey and on that practice. When that idea started to develop in my mind, I knew that I wasn't ever going to have to go back into picking up another compulsive bite again. I saw the proof of that in that when an issue or a situation would come up, I was running right to these steps again, and the thought of picking up food never came into my mind, ever. But I had to come with this idea that I was just beginning, just beginning this process. That gave me so much more freedom and so much more hope, and I thought that I'd pass it on here. And the other part I wanted to say real quickly, because my time is almost up here, is that the idea of I've written down a lot. Well, my first four step, I wrote down pages and pages and pages, probably 60 or more pages of resentment, every detail. And that has shifted for me from being a lot in terms of quantity to being a lot in terms of very important, powerful information that we talk about in here when we say a paragraph has a lot. 
I can write down just a few things and it can mean a lot with with this good analysis and proper guidance from a sponsor getting me through this. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Melanie. Um, now, Jenny S., your turn. Hello, this is Jenny S., a grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater. And the thing that jumped out was the last part of the last line. Um, it says, we straighten out the past if we can. Those last three words, if we can. You know, I thought when I went through the 12 steps the first time that if I was thorough and sincere, my whole life would change. And it really struck me this morning that it says we can straighten out the past if we are willing. It doesn't say that we will be able to straighten it out, just that we need to be willing. And I also was struck with how this is a beginning. You know, when I think of an iceberg, the part I see may be huge, but I'm still only seeing it. And okay, that's all I can tell is that big place. Maybe everything that's below the surface. And it says we've begun to comprehend. You know, when I went through the steps the first time, I was just beginning to understand how sick I was and the journey that I had embarked on. Um, And then again, it says we have commenced. We have begun to see the destruction in our lives. And we've begun to learn goodwill. You know, I, I thought I loved everyone, and then I did my resentment list and was just amazed. And then I did my fear list and was amazed. And then I did, I looked at my part and was amazed again. And I thought, oh my goodness, I'm angry, scared, and I've really messed things up. But it says here that we've begun to learn patience. We've begun to learn tolerance. And that was important for me to know that, you know, this is a beginning. And I, too, I probably wrote 12 pages on my first four step. And I thought I I searched in every cranny and every nook that I could find because I really, really, really wanted my life to change. But it's been a process for me. And thank God there have been older members, more experienced members in recovery that have gone before me and walked with me and helped me learn patience, helped me learn tolerance, and not just for others, but helped me learn to tolerate my rate of recovery, helped me learn to tolerate my bad behavior and forgive myself, helped me learn to have patience for me. And when I can learn to have some patience for me, then I can learn to have patience for others. And I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jenny. Sasa O, you're up. Thank you, Katie. Good morning, everybody. And I'm, thank you, Katie, for your service. And I'm Vasa O, Recover Compulsive Overeater calling from Florida. Yes. Uh, when I, I have taken quite a few inventories, but the the best one that I took was the one that's laid out here in the big book. And um, when I took my inventory, um, then I was, the, I remember there was no stone unturned. I wanted to make a thorough inventory of my life. And I remember going back 
again, going back and uh, looking at my patterns and my behaviors that demonstrated uh, me pain over the years and suffering, and I probably you know, caused pain to other people and suffering. Uh, and it took so much time and energy giving and thinking, thinking and analyzing and wanting things to get better, you know. And I remember hearing other programs, don't analyze, just do the process and let God carry you, let God take you. Just enjoy it and relax because I was a person, I wanted everything to be done yesterday. And to me, I needed to relax and sit back and stay in prayer and meditation and always always be in touch with God and have that relationship with God first, you know, saying the third step prayer and then do the writing. And uh, it was just so, so amazing how my life started changing. And it says here, we have begun to learn tolerance, patience, and goodwill to all men, even our enemies, for we look on them as sick people. And when I started looking at myself, how, you know, I was not just physically sick, I was emotionally, mentally sick, and spiritually sick. And then I started looking at other people that I wanted them to be different, you know. And it's um, it was just amazing, you know, listing all those people that I had resentments against, against, you know. That, you know, I thank God I had the solution here. I knew what the problem was, you know, the solution and uh, I can work on myself and pray for others or, you know, or just bring them to the pro- to the big book meetings or OA meetings if they need it, you know, or if they wanted it. It's not that they, they, they don't need it, if they want it, if they're willing. So I'm just so grateful that I had this big book uh, and I had the willingness and the courage, when I thought I didn't have the courage, I remember feeling, feeling so afraid and asking God to just give me the courage to keep going, persevere, keep going. So thank you for letting me share that path. Thank you so much, Vasa. Who else would like to share? Lois. Leia. Penny C. Melissa C. Madam. Okay, that's great. Uh, I have Lois, Leia, uh, Penny C., and Melissa C., and Matt M. <laughs> uh, so go good ahead, morning, Lois. everyone. Lois M. in Massachusetts. Uh, what a miracle of uh, God's grace this program is um, after, you know, listening to everything everything that was shared this morning. And and for me, you know, I really, I, I, was, I, I was suffering, you know, um, compulsive overeating torture mentally and spiritually. <clears throat> and I didn't, I, I had no clue about what to do for years. You know, I was the, uh, what, what was going on with me was all I could think of was what, what was happening to me. I never knew any different in my life. And as long as I was in the food, I didn't have a chance. And it was the grace of God that gave me the opportunity to um, 
come to a meeting and hear the big book and, and learn what was going on and how other people, just like me, had recovered. And it was it was as simple as that, and yet very. <clears throat> it was as simple as that, and yet not simple, not easy. So I too just began to follow what was going on in the big book with a sponsor, and and I was shown, you know, I I always I just wanted to feel better. I didn't want to, you know. I didn't want to control everybody in the world. It didn't work anyway. I tried it all my life. So all I wanted to do was feel better. I wanted to get out of the craziness. And I didn't know that I was totally self-centered. And until I began to do this work, the fourth step, you know, I saw that everything, you know, I saw and I believed and I knew what self-centeredness really meant. You know, it meant I was the center of the world and everything was happening to me by you. And that was wrong. That's all I know. And um, and I didn't want to control you, but I just didn't want to be controlled. So I just began this process. You know, the miracle of recovery began as soon as I was willing to, you know, just open the door a little bit. And for me, you know, it, it happened the way it, it happened in the book. And I began to recover one day at a time, following the suggestions in this program, for which I'm very, very grateful. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you. Leah M., your turn. Thank you so much, Katie. Hi, everybody. It's Leah M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. We have commenced to see their terrible destructiveness. We have begun to learn tolerance, patience, and goodwill. You know, the the step four inventory always gets a bad rap, right? Um, you know, people <laughs> shake in their boots. But really, um, it's such a simple, uh, fast, um, you know, beautiful process. Um, you know, it it gave me an opportunity to see the real truth for the first time, even despite years of therapy that I had, uh, to see the kind of personality that I had developed through years of living self-will run riot, through self-reliance. And I began to see these tremendous patterns that had clearly affected my life and had been so destructive. And not only was I able to begin to see these patterns through this process, but of course, you know, with the following steps ahead, I was going to start taking responsibility. So, you know, it was an amazing awakening, you know, because these tentacles had been rooted in my very soil of my mind, in the marrow of my bones, this self-centered thinking, this particular, very specific attitude of the way I looked at, at the world and the way I interacted with the world. And so this first action step of the inventory process allowed this penetrating of my unconscious to get a glimpse. What are those attitudes and what are those thoughts that are dominating me? What are the, what's the lens to the world? And, you know, obviously this lens was giving me over and over again this justification to eat. And I was so compelled to think and feel and act in certain ways according, according to the conditioning of my mind that I lived in the dark. So the step four inventory really began to bring into light what was going on. It began this process of unblocking. It's not the entire process. That process was step four, 
through nine, and the big book promises recovery by the end of step nine, of course, and then if I continue that work, right? <laughs> I continue that wor- the work of a spirited traveler on this road of happy destiny. There's no end. But the step four inventory, uh, you know, gave me a way of dealing with the past, which was my resentments, dealing with the future, which, of course, was related to all my fears, and then learning how to live in the present through the following steps, um, it's very simple and very, very powerful, and it works. Uh, I can just highly recommend it for anybody who's sitting on the fence about this. It really is a ticket to freedom. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Penny C., your turn. Good morning. Thank you, Katie, and thank you, everybody on the line this morning. Uh, Yeah, my name is Penny C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area. And as we've been talking this morning and and coming to the end of this chapter and the end of our um, describing the the fourth step to to, um, people who are reading or listening, what occurs to me and what comes back to me are some words from the beginning of the chapter working with others. And I keep thinking it and feeling it. And it, the words are, this is an experience you must not miss. We know you won't want to miss it. And, and, and as difficult as it may seem to look over our past and admit our faults and and delve into the resentments we've carried, some of them for years and years. As difficult as that might seem, it is so worth it. So for anybody who hasn't already done this process, you don't want to miss it. You really don't want to miss it. Because I can tell you, and all of the people on this line who are recovered can tell you, that this is a wonderful process, it's so worthwhile, and we can just describe our own experience, but I believe you must experience it for yourself in order to really, really know what we're talking about. And um, so, you know, there are so many of us out there who have recovered, who are willing to help, and, and we, the beautiful list we have on A Vision for You over 900 names, probably approaching a 1,000 by now. And, um, we're, you know, it's, it's just a, an amazing process. The resentments that I carried, the, for, for, like I, for some of them for almost a lifetime, and I, I, that's a lot of years for me. And, and to, to be able to get rid of them and to look at other people in a whole different light you know, to, to learn to trust my higher power and to be taught by my enemies, not just, you know, learn to, to love them, but to learn to be taught by them so, so that I can, I can become more like God wants me to be every single day. So um, I'm, I just, again, don't miss it. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Penny. Melissa C., your turn. Good morning. This is Melissa C., a recovered compulsive over here from New York. And, um, uh, you know, for me, um, step four was the 
great awakening, you know, inside of me because I had so much denial. I I was not at all in touch with um, all that all the person that I was, you know. Um, I, I had a perception of, of who I was, and um, and it wasn't really accurate. And, um, you know, and, and when I began to get fearful as I worked step four, I was so grateful that I had, had already taken the steps that came before. And I had already decided to put my trust in my higher power. And so as each new thing was revealed, you know, about me, um, I felt safe in, in God's love, in the spirit of the universe's love, and that um, I was going to honestly face the truth about myself. And, you know, what I discovered um, is that I put on this fake smile, but boy, was I angry. And I had so many inner enemies. And, you know, I also realized that that was my ego because, these people had no clue how I was feeling. You know, um, I I wasn't all that important. It wasn't as big as, um, you know, it was so much a creation of my own mind. And um, as I prayed for the people that had wronged me um, and, and genuinely prayed for them, I realized that not only was I in my higher power's hands, but so were they. And, um, and they were all exactly as they were meant to be. And it was my um, resistance for acceptance that was really the issue. And therefore, um, you know, I'm, I'm working with the people right now, and, and I know they're fearful, and um, it isn't the most miraculous thing in the world. It, it is what really began to transform me. I grew from, um, you know, from a diet, minded, food-obsessed, self-obsessed person to a free woman. And um, it's so worth the work. Um, you know, how lucky is it that I'm getting to authentically know myself um, because I've been, you know, with this person all my years and so um, grateful to get to know her today and, and have God's love. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Matt M., you're up. Moderator, before I share, can you tell me the rest of the website, avisionforyou.what? Info. Thank you. Okay. Good morning, my fellow visionaries. This is Matt M. Compulsive Lover Eater. My voice is finally back today. I woke up and I feel great. And uh, I also feel like inner peace inside of me as I'm reading this section that was read, was read today. Um, I start out completely on my fourth step, and I have to be kind of be honest because honesty is what's going to get me into recovery I went over my, with my sponsor how to do the fourth column, and I just forgot how to do it. And now that I'm listening to everybody, I got a real good, I feel like real spiritual all of a sudden. I feel like the, the need, and I feel that, um, the confidence to do it again. I know how to do it again. It just came to me. I just totally forgot, because res- resentment for me is to reseal all the old hurts and all the old wounds. And uh, I don't want to reseal, reseal all this stuff all over again. I just want to get rid of it. One good, better house cleaning. And just sweep it up and, and throw it out. And um, because recovery is, is my most number one thing for me because I want to not be not just be helpful to myself, but be helpful to others and to become a sponsor again. Because I was a sponsor in the past before I went to relapse again. Um, I was helping others and I was doing what my higher power wanted for me. And uh, I don't know, I just woke up today and I feel really connected again. And um, 
I'm really connected to the group, and I'm really going to finish it today because I want to be better, and I want to, and I want to put out something out there in the world that's much better than than I am. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt M. And now, Devorah S., will you please read the next uh, paragraph and take us to the end of this chapter? Hi. Good morning. Good morning, Katie. Thank you for your service. This is Devorah S. in New Jersey, recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. In this book, you read again and again that faith did for us what we could not do for ourselves. We hope you are convinced now that God can remove whatever self-will has blocked you off from him. If you have already made a decision and an inventory of your grosser handicaps, you have made a good beginning. That being so, you have, ch- you have swallowed and digested some big chunks of truth about yourself. Okay, so, um, you know, I, I look back over the years when I came into the program 15 years ago and when I glossed over this, because that's basically what I did, I glossed over this book, you know, and I just read what I thought was, you know, you know what I could understand or what could pertain to me. So I, when it said here, um, we hope you are convinced now that God can remove whatever self-will has blocked you off from him, that, you know, that was for me, you know, and, you know, I was putting down the food, you know, getting abstinent, not eating, knowing that God can help me, you know, giving it over, giving my food over to God. I'm not in charge of my food anymore. And asking God each day for an abstinent day. And, you know, the, the days, you know, when I started putting days together of abstinence, you know, I saw, wow, gee, God is really doing for me what I can't do for myself because I was never able to just eat abstinent food. So it started with that, and um, and then when I got in, then I, you know, I got into a thin body, and uh, I lost 150 pounds, but I was miserable. I was miserable because I was still living in the, I was still living in that if only mode. If only my husband would do this. If only my children would behave like this. If only my mother would act like this. If my only my siblings would do this. All the if onlys. If my, only my job would be this. You know, if onlys were taking over my life. And, you know, I knew that I, I, I was not being, I was not living in a happy, a joyous, and free uh, life. And uh, I needed to get down to um, get into this process. And I did do it, and I had to ask God for the willingness, and I had to have the faith that God could do for me what I couldn't do, because this was very, very scary for me. But when I got into it, I, I, um, I was given the willingness, and I was, and it really helped me unblock, you know, my, you know, whatever self-will I had that was blocked from God, it really, I was able to see things about myself that I never knew about. You know, um, that I'm a selfish, dishonest, self-seeking person and that I have fear. You know, I didn't get it. I didn't see it until I started with these, seeing what my part was in in my relationships. And boy, yeah, it did really uncover for me a lot of truth about myself and what I was doing to other people and how I was being judgmental, and how I was being selfish because I wanted them to act the way I wanted them to act, 
and the fear, fear of, of, of what people thought about me. I never thought that was part of my, my makeup, you know. So many things came out of myself. So many things came out from this process. And I did swallow and I, and I digested. But the good news was is that I didn't keep chewing on it, chewing on it, chewing on it, you know. Um, you know, which was, you know, living in those resentments today. I'm, I'm just so grateful that I am living in a life that is not being constantly, um, you know, being chewed over and mulled over and resented and being full of resentment. I am able to have the tools today to, um, to overcome these things. And, you know, it doesn't just stop. It's like, you know, it's not like, well, I did it once and that's it. It's a constant daily, daily work that I need to do each day. Something comes up, I need to address it. And it is only a beginning. You know, you have, I have uncovered my, my grosser handicaps. I made a good beginning, but it doesn't stop here. Now I need to discuss it with another person. I need to, I need to read it rid of it. I need to let it go. I need to continue. I need to have God ready to remove them from me. I need to make the amends. I need to constantly be living, you know, in steps 10, 11, and 12. So it's not just a one-shot deal and it's over. It's every day I need to live in these steps. And um, and what a revelation that is for me and what a freedom it is for me. And I am just so grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Devorah. Who would like to share on this? Um, Larry. Kim. Paula. Okay, Larry. K. Kim G. Paula D. Okay, go ahead. Larry, thanks. Thanks so much uh, for your service, Larry K. Uh, recovered compulsive reader. Um, yeah, this, this is this is only a beginning. And, um, you know, this process, for, for example, for me, what this, this process did in the way of a spiritual awakening was it moved me from um, first in step four, I began to uh, get to a place of greater tolerance. And tolerance, you know, was, was, um, was a piece of the puzzle for sure. But tolerance wasn't acceptance. And from tolerance, then I moved, uh, I think God brought me to, to a, a greater place of acceptance of what is. And, you know, ultimately, though, there, there was more work. Tolerance and acceptance of self and others wasn't enough. I had to move to a, a more profound, deeper place of understanding, of understanding. Because, you know, I could tolerate certain things that I didn't accept. You know, and um, but when I got, but you know, because this is just a process and a, a, a beginning for us, we go from a place of. I know for me, part of the unfolding of the spiritual awakening is really. I mean, there's there's no other way to put it, but this is just my experience. Is, you know, moving towards a position of love, not only of love of self, but of love of others. And I cannot have love of self and love of others if I don't have a deeper sense of understanding and acceptance and tolerance. Because then, otherwise, I'm just taking steps in order to get something for myself, and I haven't changed. This whole process we hear again and again is about change. 
if there's no change, there's no recovery. All, all I would have then, if there's no inner change, if I'm not restructured, if God doesn't restructure me, then I'm this very same person who's just behaving a little bit differently. And for me, in relation to food, that's called a diet. For me, in relation to people, it's called, you know, more manipulation of people to get to control my environment and what I want. But if I'm profoundly changed as a result of this program, then I get to a greater a place of love and understanding and acceptance. And with that, then I have... Um, less anxiety and fears and resentments. Otherwise, I'm always going to have those things. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Kim G., you're up. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G., and I'm a recovered compulsive reader from South Jersey. And I love how Bill bookends this fourth step. So on page 64, when we're going from step three to four, it says, though our decision was a vital and crucial step, it could have little permanent effect unless at once, followed by a strenuous effort to face and be rid of the things in ourselves which have been blocking us. And here on page 71, we just read, we, are, we hope you are convinced that God can remove whatever self-will has blocked you off from him. So that's the purpose here. Step four is not therapy. It's not a place for us to try to figure it out. It's not a place for us to solve our problems. What we're trying to do is get unblocked from a power that can solve our problems. I think sometimes we get caught up in this idea that the fourth step, we're supposed to be figuring it out. We're supposed to be me figuring out me so I can me feel better. And they're reminded here, it's our grosser handicaps. We're learning a skill set. We're trying to identify those things that are blocking us from our power, get rid of them promptly and without regret. And we're learning the skill set that we're going to be employing the rest of our life. I was listening to one of the early AAs yesterday, and he said the most beautiful thing. He said steps 1 through 9 is destruction, and steps 10 through 12 is construction. So I have to get through steps 1 through 9 to destroy the self. That's what we're trying to do, destroy the self, so that we can, in 10, 11, and 12, God can help us become the person we were always intended to be. And it's warning us again, it's a beginning. The inventory is not step four. The inventory process is four through nine, and we are in the race against time. We are a race against time for that mental twist to take us down, and we're going to eat again if we don't get through this process quickly. And we often talk about it, you know, the educational variety, tapping slowly. This book talks about slowly being a couple months, not a couple years. Now, what happens is once we get that spiritual awakening, once we have that neutrality, then in our lifetime we're going to continue this spiritual process. Recovery is progressive. I'm just going to end with page 87 where it talks about, nevertheless, we find that our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration. And that's in step 11. So I have to get through steps 1 through 9, get unblocked, so I can live in 10, 11, and 12 quickly. And then when I'm living in 10, 11, 12, I'm in that construction phase, that's when I'm going to grow in understanding and effectiveness. That's when I'm going to get more connected to my higher power. But until I am unblocked, until I have that neutrality, I am at the will of my mental twist. So once again, this is a time we look at our grosser handicaps. It's a beginning. And remember, 
the, the goal is to get unblocked from that power greater than ourselves. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Indeed, your turn. Thank you, Katie. And thank you for your service today. This would be Paula D. I am a compulsive reader recovered today by the grace of God. You know, I'm going to scoop right on down to this last sentence, and I think you could, you could write a, a whole day's journal on this one. In this book, you read again and again that fate did for us we could not do for ourselves. What a line. You know, I was all into self-correcting. I didn't get anywhere. I couldn't until I came to that place, faith in a higher power. I wasn't it, and I heard that so many times, but it wasn't hearing it. It was finally believing it and knowing it. We hope. Now we've got faith, and look, let's add here something else. Hope. You are convinced that God can, and this is it. Only God can. I couldn't. Remove whatever self-will has blocked you off from him. We hear often the sunlight of the spirit. If you're not in the sunlight, what are you in? You're in the darkness of this disease. And you're stumbling, as it said, and you're falling. But then look at here. and Oh, I love this. If you've already made a decision, step three, in an inventory, as we're doing, of your grosser handicaps, a beginning, Many times it said that you have made again a good beginning. This part, that being so, is it true? That being so, you have swallowed and digested. What does digested mean? We know in the food line, but that's another another meaning. To understand. Do you understand? To absorb. Absorb all and to finally assimilate. It becomes part of you. I don't run away from anymore. Some big truths. This is what I ran away from. The truth. Not about you. About me. I ran away from the truth about my own self. How do you do that? You can't. It'll come up in this disease. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Good morning. Um, thank you, Paula. And um, I will just take one more little minute here to share that, um, yeah, these two paragraphs, everyone has shared just such beautiful things um, about how, uh, you know, that this is the turning point when we can get out of our own way. Um, we hope you're convinced now that God can, can remove whatever self-will has blocked you off from him. And, you know, it was such a shock to me when I did my first inventory to realize that I was holding on to these things that had happened, you know, years and years earlier, and I was the only one that was suffering because of it. And, you know, I really appreciate what people have shared today that, you know, it's not um, events, but if it's a pattern. And, you know, really there was no pattern from my childhood that were still occurring in my you know, mid-20s that I needed to really worry about. I just had to let them go and allow, um, you know, forgiveness to permeate my being. And, you know, that uh, has to work in my life today, too, where I 
you know, take each thing and each day as it comes and don't um, try to over-dramatize whatever is going on and put it all back in God's hands and just trust him to keep um, helping me to uh, stay on this course of life um, without having to go back and repeat those patterns that I had in my life of self-will run riot and destruction. Um, I don't have to live that way anymore, and I'm so grateful. Okay, so uh, thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Julie R. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive. Hi. Hi, this is Julie R. Recovered in California. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.